welcome to the Loving Lake Geneva podcast. I'm your host, Karen Stray Rappaport. Each episode, I take an outside-the-wake look at the area's most interesting people, places, and happenings. It's another great day here in Lake Geneva, and the lake looks stunning, so let's jump right in. Well, we are in the spirit of Halloween this week with our very special guest, Rita Moore, from American Ghost Walks right here in Lake Geneva. Welcome, Rita. Thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Well, first of all, I mean, how can we be so sure that we are not speaking to a ghost right now? I mean, are you are you real? Uh, that remains to be seen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I have to be honest, I haven't been on this tour yet. I'm dying. To- I didn't even mean to do that pun. I'm dying to do it. Um, I'm a strong believer in in things like this, which is what freaks me out a little bit. But after this, I will do it now that I know you and, you know, we'll hear all about it and I'm getting excited about it. But I didn't realize here, you know, I think of Lake Geneva as just beautiful and fun and all the water sports and the beautiful lake. I didn't realize there was kind of a spooky history here in Lake Geneva. I mean, where do you even go about finding all of these facts and history, you know, for the tour? Yeah. You know, it takes a lot of work. Um, It's, it is quite haunted in town. And I think a lot of people, do know that we have it's not just a shiny happy history here in Lake Geneva you know we have some more maybe nefarious things that have happened in the past and you know obviously any place is going to have people who have passed away and that is how you get ghosts so you know if if there is that happening then of course we're going to have some ghost stories and with all the you know historical mansions and beautiful buildings that we have it was really fun to dig into it and that's really what we do is it's not just you know Bob's ghost story that I'm telling you. <laughs> if if Bob has a cool ghost story, that's great. It might be the best ghost story on the planet, but if we can't connect it to the history and the actual location, and if it doesn't make any sense to what actually legitimately happened there in history, then that won't be a story that we tell you. Because we really, really dig into the history a lot and pull all, you know, police reports, newspaper articles, tax records, anything we can get our hands on to say. As far as we know, this is true. That's that's even more freakier. <laughs> I love it. I mean, like you said, this isn't just made up folklore. You know, this is based on history. So, so how does this work? So you have a group, and how big is the group, and where do you meet them? How how do you start? Yeah, so we max out at 30 people. Uh, Once in a while, I'll sneak a few extras on if we have room and time. But 30 is just about the amount of people that I can comfortably entertain for a couple hours. Uh, We meet in Seminary Park right at the corner there under the streetlight, the corner of South Lake Shore and Baker Street. And then it's about an hour and a half, two hours. We walk around downtown. It's a big, big loop, a little over a mile long, stopping at, I think, nine or 10 different locations. And then we end at Maxwell Mansion. And I tell the final story right on the lawn there. It's a beautiful setting. And then, you know, I always encourage everyone to go have a drink and visit a different type of spirit on the inside of that building. (laughs) (laughs) And they do have good ones of those. Absolutely, they do. (laughs) And is this during the day? Is it at night? 
Uh, typically, we book tours more in the evening between 7.30 and 8 is usually our start time. Um, but we do also book private tours and people really, especially since COVID, have been jumping on the private tours. And we'll do those as long as my schedule is available. I will come tell you a ghost story. <laughs> oh, so And is this too scary for like little kids? Is there an age limit? I wouldn't say it's too scary necessarily. Uh, depends on the kid. You know, each parent is going to know their child best. It is a lot of talking. <laughs> this is not the type of tour where we have, you know, paid actors and masks jumping out at people. So in that aspect, it's not scary. However, I mean, the stories are true. Some of them are more adult themed. We're not any, it's not risque by any stretch of the imagination, but we do talk about some more, you know, mature things, just being that we are talking about death in a lot of cases and things like that. Um, we talk about insane asylums and all kinds of stuff like that. So some kids, it might kind of go over their head and they might be bored and other kids, you know, they love history and they just, they'll, they'll hang on your every word. So I've had people from, you know, babies and strollers all the way up to, we had a very sweet lady who was celebrating her 90th birthday the other week that walked around with us so it's it's pretty much all ages as long as people realize that it is a lot of talking <laughs> yeah yeah no that's good to know and can you uh you mentioned insane asylums um is that the the oakwood sanitarium is that the is that one one thing that's brought up here i didn't even know anything about this Absolutely it is. Yep. We tell the whole history of the Oakwood Springs and uh, some creepier things that have happened at that site while the building was abandoned. And then even, you know, to this day, some of the, the strange experiences that people live in that area still still have even to this day. Because, you know, the building itself burnt down in 1959. It's not there anymore. But, you know, there's condos nearby, some fast food restaurants nearby the water department. So, there's still still things happening in the area, some uh, oh disembodied screams and things like that. <laughs> oh my gosh! And how as this is happening, you know, if people aren't tuned into it, they're not noticing, you know. So I'm sure after your tour, everybody's walking around downtown with a new awareness. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> Maybe looking over their shoulder. <laughs> yeah, that's a common thing that people say. Is you know even you know, people will come on the tour and they're like, I've lived in Lake Geneva my whole life. And I didn't know half of this stuff. And I always challenge people. I'm like, go fact check me, like, go, go look it up because there's a fascinating history that we just don't talk about very much or that it's not, you know, readily, there's no signs hanging up saying that we used to be known as the mental health capital of Wisconsin, for instance. Yeah, in the I did not know that. <laughs> <laughs> that is, so what are, can you share some of the other stops that you make and some of the other places that, that are yeah. active? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. So I already mentioned the Maxwell Mansion, which I think that's a given. If you've ever been there, you know that that place is just not only beautiful and spectacular, but there's an eerie vibe, especially down in the speakeasy bar. So, oh my gosh, can yeah. I tell a quick story? Please so do. when that was, when that was being sold, um, now I didn't have anything concrete, but I just, um, our real estate firm was, uh, selling the property and it was during this time, Halloween. So it was all decorated for Halloween and we were holding an open house for all the real estate agents. And, uh, I, I go down in the basement to turn off on all the lights. And I'm telling you, it was, so, it was just a feeling, you know, how you get the, the hair stands up on the back of your neck kind of thing. And, uh, you know, I wasn't looking for it. I didn't really, don't really, still don't know much about it, but, 
um, being down there by myself was really an experience in that basement. <laughs> oh, I believe it. The basement specifically is incredibly haunted. I have so many stories from down there. And that is what you mentioned, that hair standing up on the back of your neck, I think is the number one sign that you're being haunted. Because people always ask me that, you know, they think I'm like an expert in the field. I don't know that I am, but they that's like the number one question people get. If it comes up, they say, you know, Rita, how do I know I'm being haunted? I'm like, well, it's not usually, you know, someone that smells like mothballs walking up to you and manifesting in front of you and saying you are being haunted. That's not really how it works. <laughs> it's right. subtle. It's usually, you know, a, a cold breeze when there's no window open or that feeling, that sort of chill that trickles down your spine and that feeling where like, I need to look over my shoulder, but I don't want to, that kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, that's so, and, and that is the neatest place, that speakeasy downstairs there. And I mean, all of Maxwell Mansion, we love, we love the new owners, just such a great place to, to, to be. Um, so what are some of the other stops? We go, so obviously I end at Maxwell Mansion and I end there on purpose because it's, I think, just breathtaking. We also, of course, visit Baker House. Uh, we tell a really great story outside of the library, right, in the, in the sort of the backyard of the, the library, which is, I think, one of the scarier stops on the tour, which you wouldn't think. It's a library, but <laughs> that's usually yeah. the one where people sort of have their jaws hanging open and they're like, oh, no, I get a lot of verbal reactions to that story. And then we have a couple shops downtown that we stop at, um, a couple other parks. I talk about the uh, sightings in the 1800s and early 1900s of a sea serpent in the lake. All kinds of fun stuff. What? <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, no. I'm in that lake a lot. <laughs> well, <laughs> if anything brushes up against you. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> that is fascinating. <laughs> There's actually and a lot of his, a lot of, uh, reported sightings, especially in the late 1800s, of um, upwards of 20 to 65 feet long, a, a creature that long swimming through the water, coming up and causing water to bubble around boats. There's lots of uh, pretty good eyewitness encounters, you know, boat captains and um, well-recognized people in high society back in the Victorian era that claim, I saw a sea serpent. Wow. <laughs> I, I mean, at night or during the day or both? both? When were the sightings? Both? Oh, One of them okay. was right after sunrise, a lot during like late afternoon, some in the evening. Uh, a couple local papers, the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel covered it right after the turn of the century. It, it was it was big news back in the day. Wow. that it, It's amazing how many people probably have never heard any of this, which is why they have to go on your tour. But uh, you also talk about too, like some of the native like tribes, like that part of history on the tour. We do. That kind of ties in. I At least the way I tell the story is I tie it into the sea serpent sightings because back in the day in Lake Geneva, we had a bunch of Native American burial mounds, effigy mounds in the area. Um, a lot of that, of course, is not there anymore, which is really unfortunate. Um, but, you know, we obviously had a very large Native American presence here. The Potawatomi tribe was here. Chief Bigfoot was here. And the lake was considered to be a very sacred location. And they talked about um, a creature named Mishipeshu that the Native Americans, the Potawatomi claimed, really lived in the water, which Mishipeshu is a water panther. So head and paws of a giant cat, body of like a fish or essentially a sea serpent. And they said they would warn their children and things, don't go out to the deepest part of the lake because this creature is going to get you. And uh, the story sort of has changed now over the years. Maybe it's not a water panther, but a sea serpent, things like that. 
Oh my gosh. It is a very deep lake. And I always wonder, you know, what is, is. down there? Yeah, <laughs> it is, you know, it's the second deepest, second deepest lake in Wisconsin. So there's, it, there could be a lot of stuff in there that, you know, if it doesn't come to the surface, who knows? <laughs> we yeah, don't know. And if somebody probably sees it, they're not going to say it because they probably think no one's going to believe me. Right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so what, where else? Um, Baker house too. Do you stop yep. at? Baker house is our second to last stop. You know, I like to build my stories and in intensity. So I'll, I'll talk about the sea serpent closer to the beginning of the tour. And then, you know, Baker house and Maxwell are at the end, just they're so visually beautiful and Baker house has been particularly active for us. As far as, you know, we just stand in the parking lot and I tell the story. And so often that's the place where my guests are getting strange pictures. They're seeing things in the building when it's closed down, people get really excited when we're telling that story. So often I'm like, man, I'm the best storyteller ever. And then I turn around and realize that weird stuff is happening behind oh me. Oh my gosh. <laughs> yeah. I was going to ask that. So, so things have happened right on your tour. They have not always, we don't guarantee it. You know, I don't want anyone thinking that they're coming and I'm, it's, it's not a, a ghost zoo. <laughs> You're not right. right. To see them. <laughs> and, and, and to that point, before I, I veer into my own story here, uh, if people don't believe in ghosts or they're not sure or they're getting dragged along by their friend who really, really loves ghost stories and they're not really into it, they're going to have a good time on the tour too. I don't make it super weird. I'm not uh, pushy about anybody's belief system or anything. You know, ghosts and, and spooky stories are universal. History is universal. And this is entertainment it's storytelling it's history and it just happens to be about ghosts and creepy things as well so it, it's for everyone they're all going to feel super comfortable uh but that said at baker house i had my own personal ghost story on my tour a couple years ago um and i kind of just hinted at it you know i was beginning to tell my story i had a big crowd with me and they all their jaws started like dropping and hanging open and like I said, I was like, I must be the best storyteller ever. Look at these people. They're hanging on my every word. They're terrified. And I haven't even gotten to the scary part yet. You know, I was just explaining what year it was built in. And they're like, ah. And uh, I turned around and everything seemed to be fine. So it wasn't the house or so I thought. And then I turned back around. But as I did, I realized a couple staff members were coming out of the building of Baker House and they were running towards me with that run that you do when you're scared and you're trying to act cool, but you can't, <laughs> you know, your feet go really <laughs> fast. Yeah. So they come scooting right up to me. And we have great relationships with every, every stop on our tour. You know, we all kind of work together quite well. So to have staff members interrupt my tour had never happened before. And I'm like, Oh no, what's going on. They come running up and they were like, Rita, we knew you were here. Now I'm kind of a smart Alex. So I was like, well, of course, you know, I'm here. I'm dressed, I'm dressed in a corset and I'm really loud. And they're like, no, 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 Rita, you didn't see it, but everyone on your tour did as you walked into the parking lot. Now I walk in backwards because I'm talking to people. So as I walked in backwards, my whole crowd saw this. They said every single door and window on the inside and outside of Baker house opened at the exact same time. What? And the staff inside, they were closing up. There was two of them left. They were, you know, finishing up that for the evening. It was a late night tour. It was about 1130 at night. And they said, they looked at each other before they looked out the window and they said, Rita must be here. And then they looked at me and they said, we knew it was you because the ghosts like when you talk about them. 
oh, how long ago was this? <laughs> two two, <laughs> two years, years ago. ago you said? <laughs> oh my gosh. That, and so, and there was a bunch of witnesses, obviously, who saw this. There was, I got excellent reviews oh. on my tour that night. <laughs> oh, I bet. Oh my gosh. That is crazy. It was fun. So, I, yeah. so you think that and um, like the library, like as far as the most activity or the most haunted place, you, th- you said the library. And yeah. Like what would you put as your number one, two, and three? I would say probably the most active would be Maxwell Mansion, um, followed by Baker House. And then, I, yeah, the library would be number three. But our story at the library, I don't want to give it away. Our story is definitely a jaw dropper. It's, um, you know, basically a couple's sitting there in the middle of the afternoon and they have a very up close and personal encounter with a very creepy looking spirit. And oh uh, I'll, I'll leave that one at that because I want yeah. people to hear that one in the thing, but it is, it is that one, that one, when I was researching and learning the stories, I, I had trouble sleeping that night after we put that story in the, in the script. Oh. I was like, oh no. <laughs> so these aren't always friendly spirits. Is it kind of a mix? I mean, do you ever like worry that they are going to do harm or do people harm? I don't necessarily worry. However, I can't say that it's off the table. I'm, I'm generally of the belief that spirits usually don't really much care about us, let alone want to hurt us. <laughs> Most mm-hmm. of them are off doing their own thing, living their own afterlife, so to speak. Um, but I do have some stories on the tour that are kind of intense. You know, we talk about a baker's rack coming unscrewed from a wall and nearly crushing a waiter in one of our stops. You know, we talk about um, a spirit jumping out essentially in front of a waiter and they they fall down a flight of stairs. Thankfully, they were uninjured, but you know, those could potentially be dangerous. Uh, but for the most part, no, I think, I think, I think people are safe. And I really do think most hauntings are not intelligent, you know, spirits that are disembodied walking around t- trying to communicate with us. Uh, most hauntings are chalked up to being leftover energy from a really traumatic event. So a lot of them are not intelligent. It's sort of an imprint on the space or the history itself. So, you know, we talk about the insane asylums and how in um, Oakwood Springs, people were undergoing hydrotherapy, which is essentially an ice bath that you sit in for hours up to days on end. And I imagine if you sit in an ice bath, you're going to let out some loud noises. <laughs> that doesn't sound like fun to me. So if you scream in, you know, in 1885, because you're being forced into an ice bath, the theory goes that that energy becomes imprinted in the natural elements around you. And then in 2021, we still hear that scream, even though there is no spirit left behind. It's just an etch or like, um, like a stone tape is what they call it of that really traumatic event that occurred. Oh, that's fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it is a little less scary when you say you don't think they're intelligent, (laughs) 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 but for anyone listening, I think you're intelligent. So I I don't want to upset anybody out there. (laughs) I do the same thing. I'm like, you know, I'm pretty sure I got a good handle on this, but just in case mad respect to all of you. (laughs) Exactly. Right. So how did you even start this? Like, how did you get involved? It is a funny story. (laughs) So it's kind of a true two-pronged story. Um, When I was 18, which was many moons ago, I'm not going to disclose my age, but I'm not 18 (laughs) anymore. (laughs) Um, My mom and I went to New Orleans for like a celebration of me graduating high school. And we went on a ghost tour. It was the first one I'd ever been on. And it just blew my mind. 
And I remember looking at my mom and saying, this would be the coolest job ever. I want to do this in Lake Geneva. And she's like, you'd be great at it. Like, I know. And it always just kind of was in the back of my head. Like that would be a really fun thing to do. So as I traveled, I'd always take ghost tours. That's always, that's how I want to sightsee. (laughs) You get, you know, the dirty history, you get the really fascinating history that not everybody knows about on ghost tours. And I like that element of things. You know, I want to, I want to hear what the real people were doing. And that tends to come out on these types of tours. So that always was kind of a, an interest of mine, but you know, I went to college, I started my career in law enforcement, I had a family, dreams sort of fall by the wayside. What I neglected to mention was that my mom stayed in the paranormal field. She actually is a ghost hunter, (laughs) which was uh, maybe slightly embarrassing growing up as a teenager. (laughs) Um, But she's been quite active investigating houses and helping people all over Walworth County and in the area. She's had some newspaper articles written about her. So when the owner of our ghost tour company was looking at starting a tour in Lake Geneva, of course, he reaches out to my mom. Her name came up as he started his research. And he's like, can I just pick your brain over coffee about ghosts in Lake Geneva? She told me about it. And I was like, well, you know, I'm coming on this interview, right? Like, (laughs) you know, you guys don't have a choice in this matter. I'm going to come and talk to him. So we met, we talked, um, incredible man. His name is Mike. He's just incredible. And uh, we gave him lots of good stories. And at the very end of our coffee date, I looked at him and I said, do you have a tour guide yet? And he said, no, do you want to do it? I said, sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> and that was it. He sent me a script and we, you know, we worked on it together and made this happen. And I asked him a couple of years ago, I was like, why did you hire me to do this when you never really heard me talk? And he said, Rita, people will not offer to do this job if they cannot do this job. It's a pretty unique skill set and interest level. People don't really want to do public speaking unless they're good at it. (laughs) Yeah, right. Well, you are. I mean, you're a pleasure to listen to. So I imagine you are so fun on the tour and, and, you know, informative, but when you say it's just a lot of talking, but I bet it's fascinating talking. <laughs> I like to think so. People, t- people tend to like it. We have pretty good reviews overall. So yeah. it seems to be going well. <laughs> and it's not, the company that you work for doesn't just provide these tours in Lake Geneva. Am I correct? Correct. Yeah. So we are, um, our parent company is American Ghost Walks. We are the Lake Geneva offshoot of American Ghost Walks. Um, You know, our owner, again, his name is Mike. We're based out of Wisconsin. So we have a lot of different Wisconsin tours, you know, Madison, Waukesha, tons in Milwaukee. Um, And then he's been able to just expand and branch out. Now he has tours, you know, in Stillwater, Minnesota, down in Chicago. And he's even branched out as far as having tours in like Maui and uh, Puerto Rico. And we're just kind of slowly taking over the world. (laughs) Oh, that's, I was going to say Chicago would be fascinating. Yeah. Yeah. And it's Um, all the guides are just incredible. It's, it's just no matter where you travel, if you can get on an American ghost walks tour, you are going to have an exceptional time. And it's just the best people putting on these tours. And I imagine you're doing one on Halloween. I am. I only have eight tickets left. <laughs> I, oh, just I was going to say, are you full yet? <laughs> I'm just so. about sold out for the season. I have just a couple tickets left and eight left on Halloween. It's an 8 p.m. tour. So <laughs> And then how would people, if they want to, to get in and be one of those final eight um, or book for next year, how do they go about doing that? They can go to lakegenevaghosts.com or they can search American Ghost Walks Lake Geneva on Facebook, Yelp, TripAdvisor, uh, any place where you're going to try to spend money on 
a vacation, <laughs> it'll link back to us. And uh, although I, like I said, I only have a couple public um, tours left, just a few tickets left. I still have plenty of time in my schedule to book some private tours. So if anybody's coming, they have a few friends that they want to come with. Uh, they can always reach out to us, message us on Facebook, give us a call. We have an incredible tour coordinator named Anna that is incredibly helpful. And they can say, you know, I'd like to book a tour with Rita and uh, we'll make it happen until the snow is too deep for me to walk. <laughs> No, that's great. Well, I cannot thank you enough for uh, sharing some of this with us. And I'm looking forward to going on this myself. And I'm going to be walking around Lake Geneva with a whole new awareness. Absolutely. <laughs> I, can't, I can't, I can't wait to haunt you. <laughs> <laughs> I'll be there. Maybe not on Halloween. That's a little much for me, <laughs> but I'll be there. <laughs> they do say the veil is extra thin on Halloween. So oh, if anyone's going to see something, that would be the night. <laughs> oh, I Oh, that's so neat. Well, thank you. Thank you so much. And as always, thanks to the listeners for letting me share my love of Lake Geneva, the natural beauty, the crystal clear waters, the sunshine and the sunsets and the spirits now, but most of all the people. I'm Karen Stray Rappaport. Join me next time as another guest takes their place in the sun. Bye for now. I feel all right, like the morning